is being recorded. God is with us. God is with us. There is not a single day that the presence of God will leave you because he abides in you. He says, but you have an anointing of the Holy One. As a believer, you need to be first of all aware that you have an anointing and you need to be aware from whom that anointing has come. Hallelujah. You have an anointing of the Holy One. You abide in that anointing and that anointing abides in you. Amen and amen. The anointing is the difference maker. Hallelujah. That would mean that there is no need to be carrying bottles of oil around you. Those things in the Old Testament were symbols. You have the reality. God did not anoint Jesus with bottles of oil. Hallelujah. He anointed him with a real deal. That is the Holy Ghost. Amen and amen. So to be carrying bottles of oil around is unnecessary. Amen and amen. You are still dwelling in shadows. God would overlook your ignorance, but he wants you to abide in truth. Hallelujah. That is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is not oil in a bottle. The Holy Spirit is the person of the Christ who dwells inside of you. Amen and amen. God is spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Hallelujah. We must grow in our understanding and give up all those traditions that we've held on to that are merely shadows and come into the reality of the truth, which is in Christ Jesus. That is why the teaching of God's word, the accurate teaching of the word of God is so important. That is why as a believer, you must be an ardent student of the word of God. Amen and amen. Studying the scriptures, comparing scripture with scripture to come to an understanding and not just merely swallowing whatever that is there. Amen and amen. One of sad things is, you know, all over the world at this time, uh, we celebrate something we call Easter. Amen and amen. And there's no need for me tonight to raise up controversies or things like that. They yield no fruit. Hallelujah. But, you know, these times they afford us the opportunity to share truth and draw believers' attention to the truth of the word of God. One of the things I see in mainstream Christianity in our day is, you know, it's very difficult to break away from traditions, even when those traditions have no foundations in scripture. Hallelujah. Or have a foundation of twisted scripture. Amen and amen. It's very difficult. But you see, as we grow, the Lord will have us understand the scriptures very well so that our faith is based on the evidence of the scripture. Faith is not, is, is not absence of evidence. Believing something that has no evidence or no proof. No, that is not what faith is. The Greek word for faith, pistis, is the root word for faithfulness. That means trustworthiness. You understand? The reason we have faith in God is because he is trustworthy. He is faithful. There is evidence of that. That is why we trust him to put our faith in him. The reason we have faith in Christ is because the scriptures that speak of him are true. 
and evidential. Hallelujah. So we can have our faith and we can put our faith in it. So the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter number 15, uh, Paul writing to the Corinthian church, he says, And moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye received wherein ye stand, by which ye also are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. You understand? So Paul's understanding of the gospel was according to the scriptures. It was not merely according to what he had heard, but it was according to the scriptures. What he heard, he, he checked it with the scriptures to see whether they line up or not. Hallelujah. Because um, uh, when all is said and done, the evidence is in the scriptures. And you must be able to prove from scripture whatever doctrinal positions that you hold for which you have a particular practice in your life. Amen and amen. All our practices are as a result of the doctrines. When we say doctrines, doctrine simply means teaching uh, as a result of the teachings that we have. Amen and amen. Our practice will be wrong if our teaching is wrong. Amen and amen. So fundamentally, we must make sure that the teaching we are received is according to the scriptures. The revelation of truth in the scriptures. Hallelujah. And not just mere, you know, um, uh, just, uh, what do you call it? Skimming the service of scripture and finding scripture to support our own positions. That is why we ought to all the more be diligent in our word study. So Paul says, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. That means that the death of Christ was something that was foretold in the scriptures. And the foretelling in the scripture has specific things Christ had to fulfill. If Christ did not fulfill those things, then he was not a Christ. Hallelujah. But if you go into the scriptures, you see that everything that was prophesied or written concerning the death of the Messiah who was to come in the law and the prophets, Christ fulfilled it all. Hallelujah. So when Jesus came, one of the things that the Jews were looking forward to us. He said, they said to Jesus, give us a sign to so that we may know that you are indeed the Messiah. They were looking for a sign. Why were they looking for a sign? A sign by which they can compare with what was foretold to them. Hallelujah. So that they can tell that he was the Messiah. Because anybody can come claiming he was. But Jesus looked at them lovingly. Matthew chapter number 12, you go to Matthew 16, is also there. Jesus said to them, a wicked and perverse generation seeketh after signs, but no sign shall be given unto it except the sign of Jonah. As the prophet Jonah was in the belly of the earth three days and three nights, so shall the Son of Man be in the belly of, in the, belly of the earth three days and three nights. Hallelujah. Jesus said, tear down this temple and in three days I will build it. He was talking about himself. So the greatest sign of the Messiahship of Christ, he being the anointed one, or he being the promised one to come to bring salvation unto men, was not his miracles, because everybody can do miracles. Hallelujah. People were doing miracles before Jesus came. Amen and amen. It was not just the miracles. 
the greatest sign was the resurrection. Hallelujah. And that is what all over the world around this season we celebrate in what we call Easter. The death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ Jesus. But you see, it's very important for us to study the subject matter. So we don't just go through the motions, but we actually understand what it means. Hallelujah. For example, and like I mentioned, not to raise any controversies or anything. For example, traditionally, you know, it, it, the most important thing for us to understand is that Jesus rose from the grave. That is the most important thing for us to understand. And following that, what that means to us as believers, what that means to us as believers. But moving forward, other things to understand concerning the resurrection of Christ so that we can give a better defense of our faith when we go out there to preach the gospel is to have a correct understanding of the events that led to the death and the resurrection of Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. As recorded in the scriptures for us. Traditionally, we, we, do, we, we believe or we hold to the opinion that Jesus died on Friday, like we celebrate Good Friday. So some places you go and people are wearing black, black on Friday. So we celebrate Good Friday. Jesus is dead. Then Sunday he resurrects. Hallelujah. Somebody will contend with you that those, those days, Friday to Sunday, is not three days. It's just one and a half days. But Jesus said he's going to be, his, the sign of his messiahship is that he will be in the belly of the earth, as Jonah was in the in the belly of the whale, three three days and three nights. Hallelujah! So that would mean that we would have to go back into Scripture and study the accounts, especially the Gospel accounts, very well to reconcile uh, our traditional beliefs with what we have in Scripture. And you know, when you go into Scripture, it is plainly clear or clearly stated there for us. Hallelujah. So that we can clearly reconcile it. When you read John chapter number 19, verse 30 to 31, the Bible said, this is concerning the crucifixion of Christ. When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, you remember when Jesus was on the cross, they gave him vinegar to drink. When he had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. Now notice this, when Jesus said it was finished, most times you hear people say, on the cross, Jesus said it was finished. Everything was finished. Hallelujah. No, that's not what he means. When Jesus said it was finished, he was talking about the Passover sacrifice. Amen and amen. That was what Jesus was referring to as it was finished. There were other things that were not finished yet because Jesus had not yet died when he said it was finished. Jesus had not yet resurrected when he said it was finished. Jesus had not yet ascended to heaven above when he said it was finished. Hallelujah. And it was in his ascension, in his death and resurrection, in his death, he conquered he that had the keys of death and the grave. So that whole episode had not yet even begun when Jesus said it was finished. Hallelujah. So we need to know exactly what Jesus was referring to as being finished. Amen and amen. All the prophecies regarding the Passover lamb. Remember in the Old Testament, we have studied that they are type types and shadows, all the types and shadows concerning Christ being the Passover lamb, the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world was finished on the cross. How that this, you know, he went through so many sufferings. He was chosen by the high priest to suffer. Remember, the, the high priest in Israel chooses the sacrificial lamb and the high priest joined Jesus. They chose Jesus 
to be crucified on the behalf of everyone in Israel at that time. All those things concerning the prophecy of he being the Passover lamb was finished on the cross. Then he went on in his death to accomplish what follows after. Even before going to the cross, Jesus said in his prayer, he says, I have finished the work you have given unto me, but we know that he had not yet died. So what was finished? He was talking about the work that God gave him to do, that is in preaching the message of the kingdom and in revealing himself to the people as the Messiah, showing them who God really is. Hallelujah. His work. So in the Bible, you study and you find there's a lot of finished. It is finished in the Bible. Even in the book of Hebrew, it talks about how, you know, the, the old covenant was fading and passing away and how all things will be finished, which happened in AD 70 at the destruction of Jerusalem. Hallelujah. And the prophecy concerning that is given in Matthew chapter number 24, when Jesus spoke extensively about, you know, the events of the time of the end of the age, that is the Jewish age, the temple age, the age of the old covenant. Amen and amen. You see, the new covenant began before even then, and by that AD 70, it, had gra it was gradually outgrowing its Jewish roots. That is the faith that we have come into now, was gradually outgrowing its Jewish roots. By AD 70, it had outgrown its Jewish roots and had gone into the Gentile nations. Hallelujah. So as we study the word of God, it's very important that we put all these things in place so that we have a good understanding. When we step out there, we are able to give a proper defense of our faith. Amen and amen. Nobody can use, you know, some intellectual reasoning to unsettle you in your faith. Amen and amen. But it's important to know that Christ died according to the scriptures. Hallelujah. And in verse 4, 1 Corinthians chapter number 15, it says, And that he was buried, and he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Hallelujah. The third day according to the scriptures. So if Jesus was supposed to be in the air three days and three nights, then when did he actually die? John chapter 19, verse 30 to 31, as we are reading, will give us the answer. The Bible says that he said it was finished. He bowed down his head and gave up the ghost. The Jews, therefore, because it was the preparation, notice that, it was the preparation. What was the preparation? The preparation was the day before the Sabbath. They would prepare themselves for the Sabbath that was coming. That the body should not remain on the cross on the Sabbath day. Then it says, for that Sabbath day was a high Sabbath. Now you should understand that among the Jews, they celebrated many feasts. Aside the seventh day Sabbath, which was every week, the weekly Sabbath, which fell on Saturday. Sunday is not the Sabbath. Saturday is the Sabbath. Hallelujah. There were other days they celebrated Sabbath, which was, they called those days a high Sabbath. These are yearly Sabbath that they celebrated. Hallelujah. During the Feast of Unleavened Bread. So they would have preparation before those days. Those are referred to as high days or high Sabbath. That year, the high Sabbath fell on Wednesday. And you should understand that in Jewish thinking, a day begins with the night and then the day follows. So a day begins 6 p.m. and ends 6 p.m. That is in the Jewish thinking. In Western thinking, a day is, you know, from 12 midnight to 12 midnight. But in Jewish thinking, a day begins 6 p.m. to 6, 6 p.m. as in the creation, the Bible says that, and there was evening and there was morning. It says the first day. 
So the day begins with the evening and ends with the morning. Hallelujah. Jesus, therefore, according to the scriptures here, probably was crucified on Wednesday. That is in our in our in in in, in the Western in Western calendar on Wednesday. Around 3 p.m. The Bible says that when he gave up the ghost, it was about the ninth hour, which is around 3 p.m. Just before the next day, which was the high Sabbath that was coming. The high Sabbath was Thursday that year. So just before the high Sabbath began, the Sabbath begins always 6 p.m. because that's when the day starts. Hallelujah. 6 p.m. before the Sabbath started, Jesus was crucified, 3 p.m. And because the Sabbath was about to start, they didn't want the bodies to remain on the cross, so they decided, they, they pleaded with Pilate to take the bodies down. They took the body down and they put Jesus in the grave. The next day, which was the Sabbath, they rested. The high Sabbath, Thursday, they rested. On Friday, the Bible says that the women went to buy spices to prepare themselves. And on Saturday, the weekly Sabbath, they rested again. Now, by Saturday evening, Three days and three nights was almost up. And Jesus, by Saturday evening, had risen from the grave. And he rose on that weekly Sabbath because Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath. By Sunday morning, the first day of the week, when the women came there to see Jesus had already risen. Hallelujah. The grave was empty. Why did he rise on the Sabbath? Why is it so important? Because Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath, and he is our Sabbath rest. Hallelujah. So what are some of the takeaways from the resurrection of Christ? Why did Christ resurrect? Obviously, mainly for the justification of mankind. Justification from our sins. By his resurrection, we are justified before God. And I've taught you what justification is. In a nutshell, when we say justification, it means standing before God without a sense of guilt or condemnation because you have not committed any crime. Hallelujah. Without a sense of guilt or condemnation because you have committed no crime. So on the cross, we were in Christ. The death that he died, he died for us. So in his death, we died. Hallelujah. So in his resurrection, we resurrected with him unto new life. Now imagine a man standing before the bar of justice. If you were acquitted to make to go free, you are still in your sins. You can go back to the same old state again. You are still a sinful man. But not only that, you paid for the penalty of your sin, which was death, separation from God in Christ, when Christ was separated from the Father. That was when man paid for his sin in Christ. And that was done with. But Christ did not remain in the grave. He rose again unto new life. And we also rose with him unto new life. Hallelujah. So here stands a man who is a new creation from the resurrection. Hallelujah. One that has no past. His history is only in Christ. Amen and amen. That's what the Bible says, that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. A new creation. Before God, you are a new creation. One whose history is 
only in Christ Jesus. And the history of Christ is only righteousness. Uh, that's why the Bible says that he has become unto us righteousness. Hallelujah. And because your history is only righteousness, God looks at you and there is no sin in you. So he can declare, he can declare you not guilty. There is no condemnation for you now. Hallelujah. As you stand before him in Christ Jesus. This is the reality that as believers, we have to walk in and live in. So Romans chapter number eight, verse one tells us, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. That scripture is so important. And I would implore you, brethren, that you do a very careful study of Romans chapter number eight. Because it's a very, very important chapter for your faith work. There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. You see, the key is those who are in Christ Jesus. How do you come into Christ? By believing. That's why it says, as many as received him, to them he gave power to become the sons of God. People not born of flesh and blood, but people born of God. Hallelujah. He says that those who believe will never perish, but have everlasting life. Do you understand what that means? Those who believe in him, that is how you enter into Christ. After you enter into Christ, what we call the second death has no power over you. Hallelujah. Because you are resurrected with Christ. Amen and amen. So the second death has no power over you. Another time, I'll do a special teaching on what the second death is. As we are in our study of the book of Revelation, we are definitely going to encounter that. Remember, death simply means separation from God. Amen and amen. The second death has no power over you. So Jesus, in John chapter number 11, verse 25, he said, Jesus said to Mary, he said, to, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he be dead, that is dead in his trespasses and his sins, yet shall he live. That means that when you are dead in your trespasses and your sins, when you believe in Jesus, you shall live. You shall receive what we call resurrection life, and you shall live. Hallelujah. A new life in him. And he that has received this new life. Hallelujah. So he that has received resurrection life in him shall never die. Amen and amen. Shall never die. Shall never die. Hallelujah. This is the beauty of our faith in Christ Jesus. And I love what Jesus adds to it for Mary. He says, do you believe this? Dearly beloved, I want to ask you, do you believe this? Do you believe this? That he that lives, he that is dead and believes in him, though he be dead, yet shall he live. And he that liveth and believes in him shall never die. These are the words of Jesus. Do you believe this, that you shall never die? Do you believe that? When we say you shall never die in Christ, that means that the second death has no power over you. What you call the lake of fire has no power over you. Hallelujah. See, this is why when we tell people, you know, you can't, you can't lose your salvation, they begin to, you know, they, they, they begin to wonder. They begin to, you know, they, they, are, they are worried because they've not studied the scriptures very well. 
you shall never die. When you receive resurrection life and you become a son of God, you cannot unbecome the son of God. You cannot. It's not possible. Hallelujah. Because there is one that keepeth you. Hallelujah. And he will keep you and preserve you even unto the end, unless you are not one of his. If you are one of his, he will keep you. He will preserve you. So let your heart be assured in him and rest in your Sabbath, who is Christ Jesus. Somebody say, Christ is my Sabbath. Christ is my Sabbath. Hallelujah. This is the reality of the life that we have in him. That we that have received resurrection life, we that have received resurrection life, shall never die. Shall never die. Don't think of death as dying physically. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about being separated from God. You are now one with God. And you are inseparable from him. The Bible says that he that is joined to Christ is one spirit with him. Amen and amen. There is no longer death for you. Hallelujah. Death in the end itself is going to be destroyed. Hallelujah. There is no longer death for you. When I'm talking about, I'm talking about separation from God. You and God are one now. He that is joined to Christ is one spirit with him, inseparable. Markonde. Let this put your heart at rest. It is, and this blessing has come about because of what Christ has accomplished. It's not because of what you are trying to do now. Amen and amen. Rest in his grace, in his grace. Stop thinking that so does it mean I can do whatever? Stop thinking that way. If you are thinking that way, you've not understood the gospel yet. It doesn't mean that. So stop thinking that way. Hallelujah. Did you ever ask your mom that, oh, mom, so I can do whatever I want. I'm still your daughter. I'm still your son. No, you don't think that way. You enjoy your sonship and uphold your sonship. Hallelujah. And live in the reality of it. Amen and amen. That is who we are now in him. That is who we are becoming in. Christ Jesus is our Sabbath. He rose on the Sabbath as the Lord of the Sabbath. As our Sabbath rest, so we have found rest in him. Through faith in him. Now, if you notice, all these blessings comes to us because of our faith in him. He that believes. The only work you have to do is to believe. Now, this, this worries a lot of people because they feel like they have to do something else. And they, they feel like believing is not just enough. I must I must do something else to prove myself. Listen to me. Christianity is not justify your inclusion. You know, those days, for those of you who play soccer, you know, who understand soccer a little bit, when you want to join a team, after they've selected some people, they call it justify your inclusion. So you go and play another game to justify whether you are worth being in the team. If not, you know, they sack you. Christianity is not justify your inclusion. God is not trying to see whether you are worth it. If you are not worth it, then he sacks you from Christ. No, that is not how Christianity is. You are worth it because Christ has made you worthy. Hallelujah. The Bible says that he has qualified us and made us meet to be partakers of the heavenly nature. Hallelujah. Jesus is the one who has qualified you. You don't qualify yourself. 
Keep that in mind. Nothing you do can qualify you. Nothing you do can make you worthy of him. He is the one who has qualified you and made you worthy. Christ is your qualification. Hallelujah. Somebody say, me, Christ is my qualification. Christ is my qualification. You see, this is why, as a believer, you should always be rejoicing in Christ. And I keep saying this over and over again. You should always be rejoicing in Christ Jesus. You should always be rejoicing in Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus is your qualification. Amen and amen. The Bible says that he has been made unto us wisdom, righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Hallelujah. This is, this is the beauty of our faith. This is the beauty of, your, of our faith. Let's read something here. Ephesians chapter number two. I'm going to read a few things here. You, you learn something. The Bible says, And you, talking about, had he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sounds of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature, listen to this, were by nature children of wrath, just as others. When we were dead in trespasses and sins, we were by nature children of wrath. But now in Christ, we have been made alive. We have received what we call resurrection life in Christ, eternal life in him. So by nature, we are not children of wrath. Hallelujah. We are children of the beloved. Amen and amen. Look at the beautiful thing, verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up together, and made us to sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ. For by grace are you being saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Amen and amen. When we were dead in trespasses and sins, the richness of God's mercy made him move out of his great love to make us alive together in Christ Jesus and it did not end there. He raised us up together and made us to sit in heavenly places in Christ. That is in the place of authority in Christ. What you need to understand as a believer is what I call, I love it because it was first introduced by um, uh, this, this man of God, uh, Kenneth Hagin. I love the way he says it. Kenneth Hagin says, the in him revelation. The in Christ revelation. You should never see yourself apart from Christ. Every vision, every picture you have of yourself should be in Christ. In Christ, who am I? In Christ, what am I? In Christ, what can I do? In Christ, what do I have? In Christ, what is my place? Hallelujah. Everything, every which way you see yourself must be in Christ. Never see yourself apart from Christ. Hallelujah. 
Because he is your resurrection. He is your new life. He is your redemption. He is your holiness. He is your sanctification. He is your righteousness. Christ is your everything. Hallelujah. He raised you up together with him and made you to sit together with him in heavenly places. That is in the heavenlies. So where are you seated? In heavenlies. The place of authority. Hallelujah. In Christ. That in the ages, why did he do this? Look at verse 7. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. All God wants to do is to display to the whole world the exceeding riches of his grace by showing such kindness to us in Christ. Where we are is because of the kindness of Christ. And this kindness is a product of the riches of his grace. Hallelujah. The Bible says that all things may be to the praise and glory of his grace. God just wants to manifest his grace towards you and let all men know how superfluous, if my English will permit me, how superfluous is his grace toward us. Hallelujah. So you find your rest in him and abide in this grace. Abide in it. Let everything you do be as a result of your understanding of where you are now. Not trying to work for what Christ has already worked for, for you. Hallelujah. The Bible says that for we are his workmanship, recreated in Christ for good works. We are his workmanship. When he made us alive, the new man in Christ is recreated unto good work. He has been designed in Christ to function in good works. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Who went about doing good? How did God fashion you for good works? By recreating you in Christ and depositing the Holy Spirit in you. So that by him you can do good works. Hallelujah. Even the ability to do comes from him. The Bible says that for it is God which worketh in you. Both to will and to do. According to his good pleasure. So the good works you've been working is as a result of his ability that is in you by the spirit. Amen and amen. Mando shatabaye. Which God prepared beforehand that you should walk in. In them. Do you know that God has already said? Set these good works down for you to walk in. Hallelujah. The only reason sometimes believers struggle with this is because of a lack of understanding. One, they, are not, they don't recognize who they are in Christ. They don't recognize their place in Christ. They don't recognize what they have in Christ. Hallelujah. So because of that, they are short-sighted and cannot walk in the fullness of that which has been made available to them in Christ Jesus. So instead of experiencing fully this life in Christ, they are busy trying to work for what has already been given unto them. They are busy trying to become what they have already been made. You understand? They are busy. Some are busy trying to become the sons of God, but you have already been made a son of God. Hallelujah. The Bible says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. Hallelujah. You are a son. Nothing changes that. So you see, these realities, as we 
as we commemorate the resurrection of Christ, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ, these realities must, must be in you. And in this three-day fast, what are the, the thing the, the theme for this uh, uh, April fast is the realities of the resurrection. So the elders will be teaching us as I've begun this teaching, the elders will continue. They'll be bringing to us the realities of the resurrection. What it means, hallelujah, that Christ rose from the grave according to the scriptures. What does that mean for me? What does that mean for me and him? Hallelujah. He will teach us. So I would implore you, brethren, tomorrow we'll continue. Today was the first day of our fast. Tomorrow we'll continue, and then we'll wrap it all up on Tuesday. I would admonish you, be present at the meetings, the morning prayers and the evening meetings. Be present. You're going to learn so many things concerning the realities of our resurrection life in him. Hallelujah. So that we can walk in it. We can walk in it. And we are not just trying to fill our heads with, with just scriptural knowledge. No, we are receiving revelational truth that will light our path. The Bible says, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. We want to light our path so that we can walk in the light as he is in the light. This year our theme is let there be light. Hallelujah. We are coming out of every darkness of ignorance, every darkness of wrong teaching. And coming into the light of the revealed truth of God's word. Hallelujah. Your mastery as a believer is in the light, is in the truth. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. 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 The blessing of the resurrection. You are justified in Christ. Amen and amen. Now you know what it means. When you go somewhere, somebody asks you, so what does it mean to be justified? What does it mean to be You can explain to the person from scripture what it means to be justified. Hallelujah. And for you yourself, you can. You can talk it to yourself. You can teach it to your children. That's very important. For those of us with kids, teach these truths to your children. Before they start growing up and learning so many traditions that are not consistent with scripture, teach these truths to your children. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. So that they can have the liberty that is in Christ Jesus. They can experience it. Amen and amen. Because of what he has done, you are no longer a sinner. You are a saint. The resurrection changed your identity. You are no longer a sinner. You are a saint. Remember, a saint is not somebody who lives, does some good works. When he dies, then some confused pope somewhere would recognize him as a saint. No. A saint is somebody who is in Christ. Saint means somebody, it comes from the, the root word hagios, which means holy. Holy brethren are called saints. So you study the Bible very well. In Paul's letters, he will write to them, to the saints in Ephesus, to the saints in Philippi, to the saints in Thessalonica. Hallelujah. Who are these people? Believers. Another name for believers are saints. We are saints. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So if you want to build a house or you want to build a church for God and name it St. Peter, instead of naming it St. Peter, put your name on it, St. Adodo. Hallelujah. Put your name on it. Amen and amen. St. Bennett, St. Obi. Hallelujah. Maybe that's how we should refer to ourselves here on the line. Amen and amen. St. Fumi. Amen and amen. St. Felicia. Hallelujah. You know, as I'm saying it, to some of you, it, it's not resonating with your mind very well because you're like, how can I be a saint? You know, because the moment I said that, you are comparing yourself to Peter.
to see whether you, you match up with Peter hmm. or with Paul or with Mary. Hmm. That's what you're doing now in your mind. That's what you're doing. Hmm. You know, ah, me now, how can I match up with Peter? You were a saint. Jesus, hallelujah. That's who you are. Saints Lorraine. Amen and amen. It's not about the niceness of the name. It's about who you are in Christ. Amen. You, Peter, Paul, James, all these people, we are all one in Christ. We all came through the grace of Christ. None is greater than the other. By reason of the way we came into Christ, we all came through faith in Christ Jesus. And you have been made a saint. Now I'll be calling you all Saint Mary, Saint Oswald. Hallelujah. And you better respond. Don't tell me, oh, Pastor Sam, as for me, I don't like, I don't care. I will call you that name. Hallelujah. Because that is who you are. And the earlier you understand it, the better. Hallelujah. You know, it has come time that we be forceful with this truth because if not, our minds will continue to be deceived. Amen and amen. Hey, you know, like, uh, yeah. Like, you know, we, somebody will sing, I am not worthy, holy Lord, that thou should come to me. You are not worthy. You are not worthy. Then what did Jesus do on the cross? What was Jesus' work on the cross for? You know, many times we want to appear so humble, but we don't know that in, in doing those things, we are rather insulting the work of grace. Mm-hmm. Oh Lord, you know, as for us, we are sinners. Please, we humbly come. Uh, forget those things. Hallelujah. Amen. That in Christ Jesus, you have made me a saint. Hallelujah. Amen. That's how you should talk. Mm. Thank you, Father, for the riches of your mercy and your mm. grace in which I stand. Hallelujah. Mm. Thank you, Father, that in Christ I am qualified mm. and made worthy. Hallelujah. Mm. Amen. He sees your worth in Christ because God only sees mm. you in Christ. He mm. sees you in Christ. He sees you in Christ. He sees you in Christ. Let me tell you something. All these men that you idolize in the Bible, they all had their weakness. But when you read the book of Hebrews 11, where he gives us what we love to call the hall, the hall of, uh, the, 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 the faith hall of faith, you never see their weakness listed there. David, for all the things David did, the only record or God's record of David in Hebrews 11, when you read it, you will never think David ever committed a sin. The record of Abraham is the same way. The record of Moses is the same way. But these men all had their weaknesses. Hallelujah. The Bible says that these all were strong through faith. Amen and amen. And even for them, their faith is not the finished faith. Because their faith was looking forward to the coming Messiah. Our faith is the finished faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. You know that Elijah who called down fire from heaven, ran away from a, from a woman? Yeah. God is not looking at your weakness. God is looking at you in Christ. The earlier you see that, the better for you. If not, you keep wallowing in self-pity and all those things, and God will have nothing to do with it. It doesn't matter how you feel. and how you, Those things don't matter. God will have none of that. 
You are his son and he wants you to stand as a son. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. That's who you are. Amen, St. Bennett. Hallelujah. I need an amen from St. Bennett. Hallelujah. <laughs> Let me see those on the line so I can refer to you well. Amen and amen. I need an amen from, from St. Fumi. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, Shadabayose. I need an amen. amen. I need an amen from St. Mary. Hallelujah. Amen. I need an amen from St. Abigail. Amen. And you know, don't, don't think that, oh, as for me, I have a local name, so I can't be a saint. I don't know you are a saint. I need an amen from St. Oh, Hallelujah. Oh, my God. Amen. Oh. You see, no, don't, don't think. It's funny, but sometimes that's how, you know, our minds are. It doesn't matter your name. Your name can be your name can be Tolu Walashe. You are Saint Tolu Walashe. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter your name. Hallelujah. What matters is who you are in Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen and amen. You know, I, I, I said something to someone the other day. That, you know, sometimes we, even we, we Africans, sometimes we belittle ourselves even with our own names. You know, we, we say that names like Paul is a Christian name, but Nyamiche is not a Christian name. We say it's a local name. But Nyamiche means God's gift. Paul means small or little. So which one is a, which one is or has a Christian, you know, ring to it? Nyamiche, God's gift. Paul means little. When you say Paul, it means little or small. So which one should rather be a Christian name? So it doesn't matter whether your name is local or is foreign or whatever it is. You are a saint in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Say with me, I'm a saint. I'm a saint. Hallelujah. Say with me again, I'm a saint. Amen and amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Live in this reality. Live in this reality. Lift up your voice and begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. Saints, lift up your voice and begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus. Let me hear you speaking the language of the saints. Lift up your voice and begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus. Matose, Rabade Satarasa, Imando Rababusate, Nimikapayo, Sende, Babosha Tabaya. Manda, Rabandole, Nisalabandos, Nini Tadasia, 